Hello, dear listeners. This podcast has reached its final episode. I've started a new podcast titled Build Your English, which you can find at patreon.com slash buildyourenglish. There, you can access your weekly free episode and its transcript. I hope to see you there. Hi everyone and welcome to Study with Cambridge Exam Coach, a podcast in which I help you learn collocations in English. The concept is simple. I study collocations every day for about 30 minutes and twice a week I'll share with you at least 25 collocations that I've learned. All this is done to help you speak and write English in a more natural and accurate way. To study collocations thoroughly, I use the collocations in use textbook series from Cambridge University Press. I also use the Oxford Collocations Dictionary as well as Google Search. So, if you want to join me and learn at least 50 collocations a week, I highly recommend that you get access to these resources. Also, you need a notebook in which you can write down the collocations that we studied together, as well as any others that you come across elsewhere. All right then. Now let's dive into today's topic, register. What is register? When you talk to a friend at a party, you communicate differently than when you speak to a colleague at work. And this is because our use of a language changes according to the situation that we are in. So for example, if your friend was the host of a party, you could say, thanks for the party, man. It was a blast. Now, this is, of course, very informal. Another situation is when your boss was the host of the party. Then you would probably say, thanks for the party. I really enjoyed it. And this is neutral. In this example, neutral and very informal are both examples of register. Now, often, collocations rather than individual words suggest a particular register. For example, phrases using pretty, meaning fairly, sound informal when used with negative adjectives. So for example, oh, that film was pretty awful. Or, hmm, that song sounded pretty dreadful. Or, that class was pretty dull. Right? The register of most language is neutral. However, register can also be formal, informal, characteristic of a certain professional field, for example, legal, journalistic, or media, or specific to official notices and forms. Our choice of register depends on three things. Firstly, what we're talking about. So, are we talking about business? Or are we talking about news? Or maybe we're talking about the family. Secondly, who we are talking to. So are we talking to friends or strangers or figures of authority? And thirdly, how we are talking to them. In a letter, in an email, in public, in private. So in other words... Register is concerned with the overall tone of a text or conversation and the relationship that is built between the speaker and listener 
or reader and writer. For this reason, it's important to speak and write in the appropriate register for the situation. Now, before all this stuff gets too dry and you fall asleep, let me give you a few exciting examples to show you how different words and phrases are used to describe the same situation. All right, then, are you ready then? Here we go. So example number one, the police are investigating the arms deal. And arms are weapons and equipment used to kill and injure people, right? Arms. So the police are investigating the arms deal or the police are looking into the arms deal. And this is neutral. Either version would not seem out of place in any spoken or written context. Okay, then example number two. The cops are trying to dig out info about the arms deal. What do you think this is? Of course, this is informal. Cops and dig out info. Yeah, phrasal verbs are often an informal alternative. Although some are neutral or even formal. I always think of the phrasal verb to carry on. Yeah, uh, or to carry out, I should say. To carry out research instead of to do research. To carry out research is formal. Yeah. But anyway, in most situations, phrasal verbs are an informal alternative. Example number three. The police are conducting an investigation into the arms deal. And this is formal. Did you notice that? So longer words of Latin or Greek origin often indicate more formal language. The police are conducting an investigation into the arms deal. Example number four. What do you think this is? Police to probe arms deal. Police to probe arms deal. Now this is neutral and journalistic. Probe is typical of newspaper headline style. Right? Police to probe arms deal. P-R-O-B-E. And the last example, example number five, the arms deal may be subject to police investigation. Now that is formal, legal, and official, right? Subject to investigation is typical of bureaucratic or legal style. The arms deal may be subject to police investigation. Now, be aware, because you have to be careful not to think of formal language as written and informal language as spoken, because there's a lot of overlap. For example, markedly formal language is most typical of official or academic writing and official legal or bureaucratic speech. And informal language is typical of conversation, but also personal letters and emails, messages on social media, and some journalism, right? So, now you've heard five examples of register. Let's talk a bit more about formal, neutral, and informal collocations. Let's start with formal collocations. Now, some collocations are typical of formal English and are most likely to be found in an official, often legal, context, such as in notices. Let me give you a few examples here. Passengers must not alight from the bus whilst it is still in motion. 
And of course, this means passengers must not get off the bus. So this is typical formal text. Must not alight from the bus whilst it is in motion. Second example, also in the bus. Do not address the driver unless the bus is stationary. And of course, this means don't talk to the bus driver while he or she is driving. Yeah? Do not address the driver unless the bus is stationary. And a final example. This problem frequently occurs with older software. So this problem often happens with older software. Frequently occurs is formal and the neutral equivalent is often happens. Now let's look at some examples that show you the difference between formal and neutral collocations. Imagine you're a student who has to hand in an assignment. Did you hear that? That was an example of neutral spoken language. To hand in an assignment. Formal language from official documents might look something like Students must submit their assignments by the 1st of May. So, students must hand in their assignments by the 1st of May versus students must submit their assignments by the 1st of May. One more example. And now you have to guess which one is formal versus neutral. Students may request an extension after consulting their tutor. Is that formal and probably written? Or is that neutral and probably spoken? And now the second sentence. You can ask for an extension after you've talked to your tutor. Or after you've had a word with your tutor. Now, is this formal or is this neutral? This is neutral. So you can ask for an extension after you've talked to your tutor. All right then. Now let's look at some informal examples. Let's imagine that you just uh, went to the theater or to the cinema, I should say, and the film was amazing. It was fantastic. Now that is neutral language. But you can also say that film was totally awesome. <laughs> and that is, well, probably <laughs> mainly used by teenagers and predominantly in the US, but it is very informal, right? So that film was totally awesome. Another example, I haven't a clue what you mean, or I haven't the foggiest idea what you mean. And the neutral version is, I have no idea what you mean. I have no idea. If you're hungry, yeah, before a meeting, you can say, we can grab a snack before the meeting. Or if you want to sound more neutral, you can say, we can have a snack before the meeting. Yeah, we can grab a snack is more informal. All right, then. Now let's look at a special category, newspaper English. Some collocations, particularly ones that use short dramatic words, are found mainly in newspapers. And in most cases, they would not normally be used in everyday conversation. So I selected a few examples for you. Government crackdown on tax evasion. 
So government crackdown on tax evasion. And do you know what tax evasion is? So tax evasion, uh, it is ways of illegally paying less tax than you should. One more time, government crackdown on tax evasion. And it means government starts dealing with it in a more severe way. Yeah. Another example, COVID outbreaks hits Hong Kong. And this is something that is recently in the news. Yeah, that was recently in the news. So COVID outbreak hits Hong Kong. And I've got one more for you. Government spending will rocket this year. Government spending will rocket this year. And it means government spending will increase massively. It will soar this year. Yeah, so those are some examples of newspaper English. And then finally, some uh, typical business English register uh, to submit a tender. So if you submit a tender, it means that you present a document offering to do a job and stating the price. And you can also uh, raise capital if you are a startup or if you don't have enough money to continue doing business, then you need to raise capital. And that means you get money to put into your business. And another example is to go into partnership with someone. And that means that you agree to start or run a business with someone. Yeah, to go into partnership with someone. Okay, then. I think this is it. I think this is it for register. So in this episode, I wanted to teach you a few important things about register. And now I realize that this is not the most exciting topic for a podcast episode. I realize that. But we need to build a solid foundation together before we can start building our own vast collection of collocations. Okay? So I hope you forgive me. And maybe <laughs> you did find it super interesting. Who knows? Uh, anyway, I hope that I've given you plenty of useful examples in this episode. And remember that it is all being done to help you speak and write English in a more natural and accurate way. So now I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Am I achieving this aim with these collocation series? Am I helping you to speak and write English in a more natural and accurate way? What are your thoughts? And two other questions. Would you like me to make transcripts? And would you like me to add exercises to every single episode? You can let me know via email, christian at cambridgeexamcoach.com or you can uh, send me a message via Facebook Messenger or in the Facebook group. You can even send me a postcard via snail mail. <laughs> no, that's a silly joke. But it would be lovely to receive, to get a postcard from a listener. <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyway, um, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about something else. We're going to be talking about metaphors. And when we speak metaphorically, we use words in a non-literal sense. For example... When we say a writer casts light on a situation, we mean that the writer helps us understand it more clearly. In the same way that putting a light on in a dark room helps us see more clearly. Yeah? So that is an example of a metaphor. All right then. I reckon there's nothing left for me to say regarding register. 
If you have any questions for me, again, you can send me an email at christian at cambridgeexamcoach.com. And if you're looking for a community where you can practice on a daily basis and improve your English at the same time as preparing for the Cambridge exams, you can go to the Facebook group and I will leave the link in the notes of this particular episode. For now, I just want to tell you that if you become a member of the Facebook group, you can do exercises on a daily basis. You can ask questions about exam strategies. And last but not least, you can also help out other group members become better at English. Okay then, this is it. Let's call it a day. I hope you take care of yourself and each other and be sure to tune in to the next episode. Okay? Promised? Cheers! Oh, and one more thing. You might have heard that I have a new podcast. It's called Build Your English. Every week, from Monday to Friday, I publish 10-minute lessons that teach English in a fun and effective way. I talk about all sorts of topics, from everyday subjects like food, travel, books, and language learning, to more serious ones like history, politics, culture, and even philosophy. The episodes are spoken at a speed you can understand and come with downloadable mp3 files and PDF transcripts. So by dedicating just 10 minutes a day to our lessons, you won't just see improvements in your English, you'll also enjoy the learning journey. I invite you to listen to an episode and see for yourself. Patreon.com slash build your English. Patreon.com slash build your English.